Hi everybody, welcome to the Rambling Toffee Podcast, I'm Mark. I hope everybody's had a great weekend um, and enjoyed the storms that took place last night. Um, for me, it wasn't too bad here in Cheshire, uh, basically overnight, so uh, it was windy, you can hear it, but there was no kind of damage or anything happened uh, this morning, so that's a positive thing. So hope everybody's had a good weekend anyway. Um, Yes, it's a bit of a strange one due to the you know winter break that we've had. Of course, Everton played on Wednesday in the cup replay, and also the league fixture last weekend against Villa. Um, but this weekend gone, it's we've had a big a break. So in some ways, for the players, I suppose they can have a bit of a break and uh, get away, recharge the batteries, and get ready for the game on Saturday against uh, Luton Town. Um, in the FA Cup, so you know it's been good in that point of view, and also for any kind of injuries that we have. Uh, I know Ashley Young is currently still out injured. Seamus took a knock, um, um, so he wasn't available for the uh, replay. And um, of course, the core is out again with another injury this time on on his other leg, um, so he's going to be out for a period of the time. So um, it might. You never know having this kind of break. Uh, we might see some positive news regarding Decorey because, as I've said in the past, he is a key player for the team at the moment under Sean Dyche. And without him, I think, you know, it seems to click with the rest of the team when he is playing. Um, so, yes, it's um, hopefully not too long a wait until we uh, see him come back into the team. But, um, yes, so it'll be how we'll see how the game's going to and how the team's going to be on Saturday. Um, yes, so yes, we'll start off with the review, actually, uh, preview of the uh, Everton Luton game. Let's get that out the, out the way um, and then I can get on to the reflection of the last week and everything else that's ongoing regarding the points deduction and, you know, the second charge and also this ongoing takeover as well. So I'll get into that in a bit. But yes, um, you know, FA Cup fourth round re- uh, fourth round uh, game on Saturday at three o'clock, which is nice. It's t- nice to have a traditional home game uh, against Luton Town. Of course, you know, you look at Luton Town. Oh yes, back in the Premier League this season, and yes, they're in the bottom three, but they have got a good team there that's working really, really hard, and they're going to make it really, really difficult for us. We have seen it earlier in the season when they beat us. At, uh, at Goodison, as much as we had all the possession and played, you know, had all the chances and opportunities to win that game quite easily. But obviously, at that point, we were struggling to score goals and we, we all saw what happened in that game. Um, but yeah, um, it's going to be a tough game. It's an FA Cup game. It doesn't matter who you play, and I always find. Um, so, Luton, yeah, it's going to be hopefully, we, you know, three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday. We'll see how the atmosphere is as well. I, I think I'll go more into that when we start talking about the point of deduction and everything else that's ongoing with that at the moment um, and everything else that is off the field to an extent, which is impacting, of course, on field uh, with the 10-point deduction, ad, you know, of course, uh, and the appeal that's ongoing with that. But I'll sp- speak more about that in a moment. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough game. It'd be interesting what kind of team he puts out there. I would guess because Decorey is not, won't be playing. Uh, Seamus, if he is available, I think we'll come in um, in for Patterson. I would like to give Patterson more of an opportunity, but it seems to be at the moment we need all the experienced players that we can possibly uh, get. Patterson, um, you know, will get better and will improve. Um, 
as you know, as the season goes on, and when he does get his opportunities to do so, he has come in, and you know, his performances are there. But I think he's not really ready yet, you know, to be you know the main number one um, player for us. While Seamus um, talk about Ashley Young, yeah, you know, I've I've had my views about Ashley Young, but. You know, it seems to be Sean Dykes at the moment is going with more experience. And of course, James Cohn being the captain at the club, you know, he can understand he's still got it in his tank. So I can see him coming into the into the team uh, unless he's still injured. Um, if if he is injured, yes, Patterson will come in, I think, uh, will keep his place. Um, yes, and across the defence, as per usual, same as Tarkovsky, Bramfway and Mikhalenko. Uh, and Jordan Pickford uh, will come in. It'll be quite interesting because Joe Virginia played really, really well in the in, against Palace. So it might be interesting on that performance alone because he made some really good saves and he, he was very commanding as well in his performance. It'll be interesting if Sean Dice, because it's an FA Cup game, will actually keep him in the team and keep him and make him start or have him start the game, which will be really good and give, give kind of Jordan Pickford a bit of a break as well, which. You know, make it. You know, he's more more important at this moment in time for for league games. So that'll be an interesting decision that he makes on uh, at the weekend. So we'll find out on on that front. Uh, in my opinion, he's played really well, uh, Jal Virginia, um, in that cup game, and I think he he deserves to start. So let's see what happens on that front. Um, midfield, yes, of course, with Decorey missing, I think it will be same as same as Dwight McNeil's back. Uh, back in the team, he's, he's back, you know, playing Dan Juma. <laughs> we don't know if he's coming or going. Um, you know, again, he's, he's taking the opportunity, his opportunities that he has. And, you know, he's not making the impact that we, we would like to see him do, scoring the goal. And what we've seen, what he's capable of, we don't know the full situation. Of course, uh, previous press conference before the cup game, uh, of course, the uh, Sean Dyche said he was going nowhere. He's still part of the plans of the club uh, for the team, and you know he's part of the squad. But uh, as we saw in the cup game um, against Crystal Palace, it was you know he didn't get get didn't get on, well. and you know they started with McNeil again. So I don't know if it's a trust issue. I don't know. Maybe it's just not working out. Um, but again, it's up in the air because you know it's still the speculation. We have still got until, you know, the end of January for the transfer window to close. So, Willie Owonti, if he does go, as I, you know, I've mentioned last week, I think it was, we need uh, reinforcements coming in. We need something to take that his place if he is going to go because we've got a very small squad as it is. And as we've seen with Dwight McNeil being injured and, and OK, he got back on the, uh, on the uh, bench for the Villa game, but... It could have been a whole lot worse, and if he's if he does get injured again, we're we're going to be really really struggling. And of course, you know we do need the backups, and that's you know. So if he is to go, we need somebody coming in in his place. So we'll see how that transpires. We've got what we on the twenty second today, which is a Monday. Um, I think it's at the end of January when the transfer window shut. So we'll see. It's looking if Dan Juma stays, it's looking likely that. Um, we will not do any more business. Uh, personally, I think if you listen to Kevin Fellwell, he did say that basically, you know, if we can bring somebody in, we will do. But 
it feels like at the moment that it's not going to happen. I can understand in some ways because of the takeover and and money. Money is very very tight, and I don't think there's any bit anything available. And I don't see any. I hope no players leaving the club at in this window. Uh, of course, Anana has been speculated about Anana. It's been speculated about. Um, Jared Bradway, the usual suspects, um, who, of course, have got interest out there. And obviously there's interest out there because they are good players and they're going to grow and grow and be fantastic top, top, top players um, in the future. But at this moment in time, we can't let anybody go, my personal view. I know it, unless something comes in with about over £100 million or whatever for, say, a Bradway, then, you know, oh yeah, may take it but i can't see it in this window um i'll just let the usual speculation go on but i can't see that happening at this moment in time and hopefully players that we have will continue on to the end of the season but yeah we'll see on the danjima subject i don't know um he might start at the weekend we don't know but it was interesting in the in the cup cup game that dwight mcneil started um and so it'll be Interesting where his future will lie further down the line, if it's still with Everton until the end of the season, or if it's at Leon, where it's just speculating he's going to go to. Um, but if he was to go, as I mentioned, we need to have somebody coming in and taking his place. Um, yes, yeah, so we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, the rest of the midfield, I think, will be Anana, Garner, and I think you could see Harrison uh, moving. In, behind down Dominic Calvert Lewin, but actually, as I've just speculated right there, because Decore is missing, um, or you could have Dwight McNeil playing behind Dominic Calvert Lewin, um, and Dan Juma may get that opportunity to start because, of course, we have we're missing Decore, so we'll see. We'll just see how that how it starts and how it lines up on Saturday. Um, but yeah, um, that's Luton, uh, the Luton game, of course, it's going to be tough, yeah, so. That's my team. <coughs> Apologies. I do think, you know, we're missing Decore, of course, that you've got a choice of Dwight McNeil playing behind um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, or you've got Harrison who can do that job as well. If that's the case, yes, I think Dan Juma may get his opportunity to start on Saturday. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. It's interesting that, you know, We've, I think quite a few people have talked about this. A lot of you know people I've talked to. Why can't um, Everton play with um, a four-four-two? Start with Beto and Carver Lewin up front, and then you then you don't have that you know Decore playing behind. Um, it's Sean Dice played it you know a lot all the time in his days at Burnley. Is it worth a shot just to see what it, if it can do anything? If it changes anything? Well, it's worth a, worth a try. Um, it's an FA Cup game. It's worth having to see if it works. You know, getting having two strikers up front. You, you know, it might help. It might we might play really really well, and it might fit perfectly, and it might help us going forward. Especially if the core is going to be missing for a, a few weeks uh, to try four four two formation. But it seems to be he likes to stick to the, the five. You know, in the midfield and having the one up front. Um, but we'll see. Um, and it'd be interesting to see if Dominic, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, he's back to full fitness, but his confidence is up there. He's not there at the moment. 
and you know he get he has he's had his opportunities, but it's just not happening for him at the moment. His confidence is very very low. I you know I hope all it takes is just one goal, and I hope he get gets himself in the right position, scores a goal. It'll do him a world of good and do him a world of confidence, and hopefully push him forward going um, going down going throughout the rest of the season. But you know that's how it is. It's, it's interesting that uh, Sean Dice is continuing with him. It's obviously that he feels that Beto does it shows does something a little bit different than uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He is massive, uh, Beto, and he's very gangly and lang. You know, he gets he's stretching it out for everything else. He gets around the pitch. He does do a lot of hard work around there. But it when he does start, it doesn't you know it doesn't make the impact that you want. And I think yeah, it's a bit hit and miss with him at the moment for me. You know, he's shown really good signs, really positive signs of, you know, when he has come on, getting getting in the face of the of the, of the defense of you know the opposition's defense and actually, you know, really ruffling feathers and you know getting in the right places and that sort of thing and you know doing that work. But I've not seen it lately. Um, maybe it's just because he's just not, you know, getting the opportunities that he wants to at the moment. Um, and Sean Dyche is uh, very much, you know, thinks Dominic Avalumin is is no, his main striker, and Beto is not really pushing him to actually make that that change yet. So it'll be interesting what happens at the weekend. I can see him starting Dominic Avalumin again to, to run the line. Um, I can still think he's going to go with the five. But it'd be interesting. It'd be not, it'd be interesting to see if he really, you know, see. Let's try something different. But that's just my view. I think you know we all know about Sean Dyche is that he sticks to his guns, and he sticks to the formation and the way we play. He seems that he's found something that works in the sense of, of sense of it, and and we are getting you know the results that we need. Okay, you know we had three defeats on the bounce, and you know bit bit unlucky in a couple of situations obviously with VAR and all the other stories that were going on in them games but it, it he's got something that's working the players have got into it and, and you know and it's working for us our results since the, the three defeats across the draw with Villa where it could have been more I said it was a disappointing game in some senses we couldn't keep the ball you know keep, couldn't keep the ball um, I thought second half we just couldn't keep the ball passing it around it was just very lackluster in a way and it just felt like it was like a training game and it was just like the motivation wasn't there to try and get a goal and I don't know if they put all the energy into that first half and of course we've done a missing that chance but you know it was one of it was a, a good point in that game but as I mentioned that was one and then you know but we drew we got a point the Palace FA Cup uh, first game, we got, you know, we got a replay. We didn't concede. So we're not conceding again defensively, which is good. We've got back to a good base on that. Of course, the 1-0 in the Cup uh, replay and, you know, not conceding again. Defence doing their job to the best, you know, best abilities. And, you know, we're not conceding, which is good. So we're coming into the Luton game and, you know, that I think is a good thing and we're getting hard to beat again, um, even by missing Decore. So uh, we'll see 
if we can keep that going anyway so yes so it's going to be well it's monday now because we've got a few days until that game um you know fingers crossed we can get through to the fifth round so you know we are doing quite well in the cup competitions this season we were close to the semi of course in the carabao um obviously with penalty shootout went went didn't go our way but you know you know we it's not quite nice to actually have you know something a bit not thinking about the premier league and the premier league games and everything else that's upcoming and all the well as we're going to get on to now um the reflections that i have over the last week or so uh regarding everything else i'm trying to think to take my mind off things is, is actually going to a football match but going to Luton, previewing that game, going to support and get get behind the team, you know, get, you know, hopefully we'll get a result and get into the fifth round. Um, and then it got close full of, I think, in a league game on in midweek after that. So uh, until we play Spurs. But what's happening with me at the moment, and I don't know if it's happened with you guys, let me know in the comments below and let me know on social media. The motivation, this... Um, this feeling that I'm having at the moment is like I just feel physically and mentally tired of everyday negative stories, negative things going on at the football club, off the field. Obviously, it's impacted on the field, obviously, with the 10 point deduction, which we've discussed over and over again. But every day, if you go on Twitter or X as it's called now, you go on Facebook or any kind of social media, and it's just full of negative 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 it's um uh, it's like we've been charged for a second time for a, a similar same breach for insane operating period and from you know what we got charged in was it november um can't remember off the top of my head but it's just like everything is like going on and this is every day and all I want to talk about when I do this podcast is to talk about the team, talk about the manager, talk about the coaching, talking about the tactics, talking about all the things that I've just been talking about and I get a chance to do that and I'll continue to do that and that's what I want to do and that's what I want to think about and focus on and put all my attention in and all my effort and my motivation in. So when I go to the game on Saturday and like everybody else you know i want to you know get right behind the team and push us for to victory that's what we we are fans of and what we want to do but why of late we've got all these problems all these issues going on it's sucking out all that energy and motivation and passion and drive that i have to get behind my football team and when I go to the game, so I'll give you an instant, I went to the Villa game. And you can see it in the crowd, the atmosphere. And let me know what you think, because it's what I felt, and it's not a criticism of the fans. What's basically happened is I'm sitting there, and it's like all my energies that I put in previously to games that I've been to, and getting behind it, singing, chanting, you know, everything that we do the motivation to get behind the team it's just that on that game it wasn't there and you know in the beginning i just noticed this that there was going to be a protest with the banners with the with the cards up 
and I got my card, everybody got the card. And of course, the players come out at the beginning of the game. Of course, everybody from in the main stand where I sit were booing the Premier League uh, music the, um, coming on to the pitch. And it was there, the booing, really getting it. And, the, and the, we were getting in the signs, you know, getting the cards up saying no corrupt Premier League. And it was there for a second. And then game started, and it was just typical. And it was getting to 10 minutes. And that 10 minutes when he said to get up with your card. So we did. And we noticed around us there was a lot of who didn't have the card. And then we noticed in the Gladys Street, because I was looking more to the Gladys Street, not the parking, but I was looking around. And not a lot of had the had the um the signs that were not booing and not doing. And it just like felt lackluster. And it was just like God, you know, I'm doing this every week. All I want to do is watch the football match. And, you know, it's that energy. I don't know if it's January, it's after Christmas, it's cold, it's miserable, it's horrible. And it's just like, I just want, you know, I just couldn't, I can't put a finger on it. Let me know what you think uh, below. Let me know what you think in the comments below on um, on on Spotify, um, on YouTube, on, uh, and also do it on X and anywhere else that, you know, let me know what you think, because it just, it just felt like luster. But, it, you know, you want the team to motivate yourself to get going. And the team, the only time that we was that opportunity that Calvert-Lewin had, and then there's another chance I think Garner had, which the goalkeeper tipped around, where the crowd really, we all jumped in and really got the atmosphere he picked up when those moments happen. And you could say, well, you want the team to actually say what they want to, you know, you want the team to actually go out there and get you motivated in the game, get you wanting to, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an effort in it between the team has to motivate the fans to get going and the fans also have to get up and motivate the team. And it's a vice versa thing. And it just was not working. You just couldn't get couldn't get that going, and the second half, as I mentioned, it was a disappointing game. It was a disappointing second half, and it was just like we couldn't keep the ball, and it just felt it. It was like, and it just feels like week in week out. It just feels like lately it's been like that, and I think the best atmosphere. And I wasn't there, but uh, you know, bag uh, somebody who follows me is a big supporter of me. Uh, bag full of toffees. I know you're probably listening to this podcast. You know, he basically, you know, supports me on this podcast and gives me great feedback. But, you know, he actually was right in the sense that the atmosphere, it's not, it's dead. It's not right. It's not, it's just like lackluster. We don't, it's just like the motivation is lacking the motivation that we want. But is it the time of year? It's just the way it is. Let me know below, but bag, you know, I'll put, put a word out for you there. Just, you know, thank you for the support, um, you know, on this podcast and always your feedback has always been good. And please, if you're on uh, social media and you do follow him, you know, follow his quills, as he call it. Um, he's right. He's wonderful. You know, right. Write ups about Everton and all the situations that's going on off field. Um, you know, week in, week out, some of the, you know, it's really, really, really informative and really, really good and understand what is actually going on. 
or you know what his thoughts are on regarding that yeah so you know that i don't know if it's come from that anyway i digress but you know we get a 10 point deduction we're appealing that you know we've got you know another charge has been put to us and you know we're getting all these things banging at us like in is it never ending and then you've you hear from his lordship the uh, good old king richard masters you know at the select committee and he treats us with complete lack of respect when he's talking about everton and he talks about us as being a small club. And he refers to Nottingham Forest as that as well. As a small club. And, you know, other fans, tribalism and everything else, they're probably, you know, we say, oh, you know, looking at us as a small club. We have been, you know, I don't want to give the history of Everton Football Club. I'm not going to get anybody, any red nose or any other football fan listening to my podcast. Feel free if you want to, but, you know, they're not going to listen to my podcast. Why would they? But they, the, the intriguing thing is in what he said, that we're a small club. And we have been part of the Premier League right from its inception. We were part of the five that wanted to break away back in 1992, 93. We were part of it. We were part of the the big boys then, as referred to big clubs. And we have been in the top flight of the Premier League. We have not been relegated since 1952-53. I may be wrong. Somebody will probably um, tell me I'm wrong there, but let me know. Um, that is a long time in the top flight of English football. And the size, you know, we won trophies. We've got. We won titles. We won FA Cup. I don't want to go on and on. You guys who are listening to this and watching me moaning, talking about this, you know we're a big club. But it was the attitude he had. And instantly, when I heard that, my mind went, if he thinks that we're just a small club, that's his, men that's his attitude to the 14 clubs that are in this division. And the six is the ones that he cares more about, and they are the big clubs. And actually, if you hear Rick Parry, who is the um, English uh, EFL um, chairman, um, he did an interview, and you can see it on social media, and he just refers to like Arsenal and Liverpool, you know, they should be given more voting rights within, you know, the Premier League, and clubs like Everton and everything else, or other smaller other clubs shouldn't be given that right. And I'm just thinking, you know, these people need to be gone. This is why we need an independent regulator. So, yes, you know, so that instance. And then, of course, you know, what else, you know, he comes up with, he says, you know, blame, you know, what was it when the, the six decided that they wanted to, uh, you know, break away? And the media, good old media out there, the client journalists and so forth. And, you know, Sky Sports and probably BT Sport when it was then BT Sport and so on and so forth. Nationally, we're going, oh, you have to think of the fans. We, you can't, you know, we have to care about the fans. We have to think about the fans. We think about the team. Think about, let's get the owners. They're, they're the ones that do, these six, they're the ones that want to break away. Let's go after them. 
We shouldn't, we shouldn't be like punishing the fans. We shouldn't be doing that. We shouldn't do that. They haven't done anything. So, you know, we shouldn't do that. So we should go after the owners, you know, punish them, right? So what did they do? And I'm going to keep on going back on this. They fine them. And they can negotiate their own fine, which is absolutely unbelievable that they can go and sit down with the Premier League and go, oh, yes, we'll, we'll take this and we'll do, do, you know, this amount of money. We'll take this fine. And of course, the Premier League will say, oh, yes, well, if you do it again, you'll get the points deducted, 30 points deductions, and never fines of this amount, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's what will happen. Of course, it's not happened, and they just took the fine. So, Everton and now Nottingham Forest, we breach, and, and you know, we the fans, you know, we've been punished. Not the owner, good old Farhad, wherever he is, in Monaco somewhere. You know, he's disappeared off God's green earth. It's like he's just given up on the club. He doesn't care. And basically, you know, should be punishing him. Not punishing the fans, not punishing the team, not punishing the club itself, the players. It should be aimed at him. And also the board, who are not there anymore, who have destroyed our football club and got us in this such a mess. And now we're fighting it and trying to battle our way out of it. And I just hope it happens and i'll just go into that in a minute but that's happened but mr masters goes he goes oh yeah yeah but we have to think about the 19 other clubs and their fans and everybody else but what about us we're we're fans of our club so you're thinking about them but you don't think about us at our fan our fan base and you know what we think so you know that's the question on that anyway it just baffles me and he doesn't you know the independent regulator needs to come in it needs to be as soon as possible we need to get these people out because they're destroying this football the, the premier league and it's getting to a point now where basically i don't even watch most of the premier league football i don't watch it and if i did watch it and i'll give you an, an example um uh, my wife who is a red nose for her for her sins was watching the bournemouth game yesterday and i just saw saw the uh, the team and this is where i just think it's like watching lfc tv yeah you have the presenter who's you know dad is a legend at liverpool football club you have jamie Carr and jamie redknapp who played for liverpool you know and you know you just think you sit there and you're thinking oh and the biasness that they create from it sorry i digress and this is you know but i saw that and i just thought what's the point Whenever I've watched Everton on Sky or anything like that, TNT, doesn't matter who, I put the volume down and I'll watch the game. And then when it gets to half time, I will go and do something. I will not listen to any of the commentators or, or the presenters or whoever, the pundits, whoever they put in place, because they speak absolute nonsense. And it's mostly made up of Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher, and, and most of the time it's not even made of, of, of a player that is actually played for that bloody club. So, you know, if I did see Kevin Campbell on Sky Sports in a game, I might actually listen to him and listen to his views, and if it's balanced in a way, then fine, keep it balanced. But all I saw was I was like watching LFC TV, and it's like every week, and it seems to be the main pundits causing Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville but they seem to be put on their teams games and the 
the amount of biasness that comes from them about their team and everything else. It's just that's why I've lost lost my motivation for watching any kind of Premier League game on TV in that sense. But also I've lost my motivation of even watching the product as as of what it is because it's absolutely abject. There's no point for it. I've just given up on it. And maybe as I go back to the Villa game, maybe a lot of fans have just given up on this league because of the amount of crap that's been thrown at the club. And, you know, it just feels like I just wish, you know, for me, I just wish that, you know, the 14 other clubs all have the same opinion and just decide to threaten, the, you know, the Premier League and the six wonderful SI clubs that we've had enough of this. We want to break away. We want our own league. You can go and skiddle, skiddle off to what you're this Super League and just get away. It may it probably won't happen, but it, it, we need, do need more clubs to get on our side and support us and start, you know, you know, on these votes and everything else that goes at these meetings to start challenging Richard Masters and the Six and everybody else about, you know, everything that's going on is wrong. Something has to give here. So that's just my thought. Uh, just to mention that, you know, there's some good stuff out there. Um, across the, uh, the Park podcast, um, Done a great podcast with Andy Burnham the other day. Uh, please take a listen. Fantastic. Uh, really, really good, um, insightful, informative um, interview with Andy uh, Andy Burnham. And, you know, he's like most of us. We're all baffled by everything that's ongoing at the, at the club at the moment and everything that's going on. Um, so please take a listen. It would be fantastic if you can um, help them out. But, yeah, it's a, it's a good thing out there. Um also, you know, let's throw out to the FAB, uh, Fan Advisory Board. Um, they've done some really, really good stuff of late. Um, really, you know, getting uh, Mark Stansby, uh, who is a barrister, involved in getting a statement out, which you've probably seen on social media over the last few days, um, getting it out to uh, to the Premier League. Premier League have actually moved, uh, passed it on to the the appeals uh, commission appeals team um and hopefully you know that will be added and that's obviously it's the thoughts of what we feel as fans but also giving a brief a good history on you know us as a club and where we come from where we are now um so it's really, really good if you get a chance to read it please do it's 25 pages and it's well worth it um and across the part uh, and you know it's really good um what they're doing and it seems to be every week that they're doing something really really good um and keeping fans informed um and also just to mention of course you got that eight the, the 1878 who are doing all the great banners and cards and everything else and organizing everybody so there'll be something at the uh, i think at the Luton game we'll wait and see what that will be but uh they keep on mobilizing and keep on trying different things and you know keeping it in the pra- keeping it out there getting it out there you know in a wider world because at the moment it seems to be certain you know national newspapers national the national press sky sports of course and many others are are trying to hush hush everything and trying to bury it in the you know bury it and also try to criticize the club uh, because we've had a second charge they're trying to find everywhere you know 
Um, you know, as I mentioned the other day, I think um, on my TikTok, I just mentioned, you know, Jamie Carragher, who I've, who, you know, did, you know, is right with a lot of what he's been saying over the last few days, last week regarding, you know, the board and everything else and everything that's going on is that we should be like protesting against the board and and everything of that nature but he didn't help himself by seeming to be having amnesia because last season in January after headlock gate after the Southampton game we protested and we protested week in week out we we did demonstrations and everything else we got behind that and it just seems to be He's had amnesia, and it seems with media in general have amnesia, and he's pointing out there that we should be, you know, having a go at the owner and and the board and everything else. We've been doing that, and you know, that's why the board is no longer there. We've got an interim board, and that's why Mashiri is feels like disappeared off God's green earth, and he's just waiting to take his get get his money from this takeover, which is dragging on. And again, that's something else that Richard Masters said that it's, you know, he's still waiting for questions, you know, to answer, you know, from 777 Partners regarding, you know, the takeover itself. And he did say it could be a few weeks before that is concluded. A few weeks, it's been dragging on and on, on longer than it's expected. Uh, of course, I mentioned about 777 Partners and my views on them is that I'm concerned about them. I think all the things that's ongoing with them about litigation, legal issues and all sorts of things going to other clubs and that they have investment in it or own or um I think that I think they're not gonna the, my my concern is that they're not gonna uh, pass the, the test, the approval test from the Premier League. Um if they do then you know it's it, it's a wrong call. I know they were at the Palace game. It's a wrong decision, I just feel. But the problem I'm having is a conflict here, is that who do we have? If they don't get approval, who is there, you know, to come in to take over the football club? Is there anybody, is there any investor out there? I, I, I There's there's rumours out there. There are a couple of groups that are interested in and just waiting for what happens with the 777 partners. I know so they, they were actually at the game against Palace so they keep on putting this front out that everything's going to be fine and you know they're going to get approval but I don't know because the, the communication is not great and they're not trying to you know obviously they're waiting for when that approval happens then they'll start coming out and start talking about what they want to do and everything else but there's a lot of noise against them that are very negative and I don't know if they're the right fit for the club but the problem I also say is got 150 million supposedly put in to keep the club going on a day to day operations and the, and the stadium. And the concern is, is they don't get approval, you know, unless somebody is going to come in and actually take, you know, pay that debt. That's, you know, I think is about a billion pound of debt that we have. That's just not on the stadium, but also on um, all the other loans that we have and us plus the loans that are being put in by 7-7 partners as well so it's very very confusing and very very concerning at the moment because I do think if, if we haven't got anybody else and I'm trying not to be doom and gloom here but the next step is administration and if it's administration then that's another nine point deduction 
and then you've already got this 10 point deduction now if we were to get that rescinded then great and then hopefully from this charge that we've got currently for you know for the for 20 is it 2022 2023 um what will happen you know will that get you know taken off meaning that the if we did go into administration that will only have nine points deduction or if we if the appeal find that you know we still should have a 10 point deduction and then we get another 10 point deduction from the second charge plus going into administration would be like 29 points you know deducted and i don't i can't see us surviving and i think going into uh, the championship will be inevitable if that was to happen um but yeah, as I've mentioned on reflection, you know, the club, everything's got mitigated circumstances of obviously on the appeal, but it's, you know, the club has come from stadium, interest from the stadium. Um, and basically Everton are trying to build a brand new stadium, which is nearly complete, will get completed in December this year. And it's to help the club you know, to grow as a as a business, to bring money in through sponsorship and through, you know, naming rights and all sorts of things. But also it's a place that'll have, you know, create thousands of jobs. It regenerates the area of North Liverpool. It's going to be have restaurants, cafes, it's going to have hotels, it's going to have, it's just going to be fantastic. And it's just going to help that area. And it's going to help the club grow and get better and go forward and get things back in the right place but you know it just seems to be that the premier league the independent commission who did the original that decided to give us 10 point deduction didn't take that into account and you know yeah for me it's it's just never ending and that's probably why having that motivation to keep on you know We'll keep on getting behind the team and keep on doing what we want. We we can do, but it's like a lot of things that are out of, out of our hands, and we we want to do something about it, but we can't do anything about it. All we can do is just keep on protesting, keep on doing what we're doing. Hope you know the Fab and Mark Stansbury, who's the barrister, you know, getting that you know that statement out there. Andy Burnham. Will Hanrahan as well out there and you know Steve Rotherham has also been fantastic as well and being supportive as much as he's a Liverpool fan. You know, you know, can see the injustices going on. We just have to hope that, you know, we finally get some positive news going our way. If it's the takeover, if it's the right investors coming in, you know, and get this club finally going in the right pathway, but it just feels like never ending that. You know, it feels like we're being pushed out, um, not just Premier League, but pushed out into the Championship in a way, because you know, easy targets, and I just hope that the independent regulator does come in, and then we can, you know, start sorting this out, get this Premier League sorting right and proper. But we'll, we'll see. Anyway, I I rambled on a, a little bit longer than advertised, but you know, there's a lot of things on my mind at the moment, a lot of things going on. And I wanted to give my views and my view opinion on it. Anyway, it's this is this is um, you know Mark uh, from the Rambling Toffee. Uh, thank you again for the support, as per usual. Um, please give as much feedback as you possibly can uh, regarding this podcast and all the podcasts that I do. 
Uh, let me know what you think um, going forward, how I can make it better and improve it. Um, but and again, again, so thank you again for, for listening. I will speak to you again next Monday. Um, and hopefully we'll be through to the, uh, the next round of the FA Cup. So on that note, take care and bye-bye.